Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke Steele. Joining me on the show is Pastor Camp out of the Sweatbox Gym out in Fort Meade, Florida. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Ms. Brooke. Thank you for having me on the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for asking. First of all, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here and have this conversation with me to give back to the fitness industry a little bit today. I appreciate you for that. And really, before we dive into the business, the nitty gritty side, give us a short variation of the story that, you know, what was it that made you decide to open this gym? Um, My wife and my sister-in-law, they forced me into it. Okay, why was that? Why why was that? Uh, We were actually, my wife, myself, my sister-in-law working out in my garage at my house. After a couple of months, they kind of encouraged me um, to open up a gym here in town because small town, we didn't have a a gym facility for others to be able to go. And so they encouraged me to open up one. They were getting benefits from some of the things I was sharing with them and teaching them. And so they thought it would be beneficial to others uh, to have a space and, and place to go in town and, and work out and actually get maybe a little assistance and help uh, in, in, in their workout journey. Absolutely. And for people who are unfamiliar with like, you know, this part of Florida where Pastor Camp's located, you know, there's really not a whole lot out there except for fields and land. And so, um, you know, you opening up this gym and giving the people in your community a place where they can go to get get healthy, it's it's wonderful. So I appreciate you doing that um, for your community. And so for our listener here, what I would love for you to do is just give us an elevator pitch of the Sweatbox Gym. Tell us who you are, what services you provide at your facility, and just kind of paint that picture for us. All right, like you say, uh, my name, I'm Pastor Andre Camp. I, I actually passed the church. Um, I actually in Bartow. Um, I live in Fort Meade, the gym is in Fort Meade, but the church I pastor is in Bartow. Um, Army veteran, been coaching in sports uh, forever. Uh, high school football, high school basketball, boys basketball, girls basketball, girls softball. Uh, I'm actually currently coaching a a 10-year-old youth uh, AAU softball team. So I've been around sports, playing sports, and and, and coaching sports uh, pretty much all of my adult life. Uh, Even in the military, I coached a little uh, basketball team for the youth at home base. Um, The Sweatbox Gym is a, the name says it, it's the Sweatbox. It's it's, 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 it's heated. It's pretty hot in, in there inside. Uh, we have two two uh, separate rooms in the gym. Very large room is AC. It is a we do have AC in the front part of the gym. The back part of the gym is what we call the sweat box. Uh, there's no AC in there. The building is an old warehouse and it does have AC. But the majority of the time, the people that come, they become so used to the name, they want the, the atmosphere, they want to sweat, and so we very rarely, I very rarely have. Uh, anybody asks for AC. I do have some older, older elderly members that come in the morning times in maybe midday. Uh, well, definitely, um, they'll ask for you know um, the AC 
uh, for them themselves. I have I control the AC remotely. I can control it from my phone. So they'll text and say, hey, or they'll just say AC or can I get AC? And I'll, I'll turn the AC on for them. Um, but the design is for people to come in and to sweat. I remember when we first opened in 2015, I've actually had three different locations here in town. I'm, I rent the buildings that I utilize. And I remember the first first couple of months or so, I had friends and, and, and people just texting in and calling and texting me like, are y'all really sweating that much in that gym or is that war? Are y'all pouring water on yourselves just for the camera? Yeah. <laughs> so this is the type of gym where people come in and they kind of, you know, get in their own workout and yeah. really get in a good sweat, sweat session. Do you guys offer personal training at all? Yes, I do. I offer, I actually offer personal training. I do the training uh, myself. Um, and we normally, I have, if people want to do personal training, I usually set up month by month base. Everything I kind of do is month by month uh, to kind of help the people out, not put them under too much pressure financially. Mm-hmm. So month by month, I do a two, two day a week, two day a week uh, workout. Uh, and the workout's about 40, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. And it's, it's, it's kind of hit training, the high intensity uh, deal we start off. Um, two days a week or three days a week. I encourage three days a week uh, people to do at least three days a week of, 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 of workout, whether it's personal or whether it's personal training. I encourage three days, three to five days. Uh, you can do two, two or three days, you know, with the high intensity and you can do another two days, uh, low impact, uh, maybe just cardio work. Um, so we do, people have access to the gym 24 hours a day, but I do offer um uh, personal training right now I have about I want to say about 15 people 15 people small gym 15 people that are doing personal training and it's summertime now so people are going in different directions kids are out of school so it's tougher for uh to get to the gym um for personal training yeah I mean 15 clients for just you that's still a pretty hefty amount um for one person like you're training 15 people that's a big deal so props to you for for being able to do that and pastor at church um you must be a busy guy yeah I stay pretty busy I'm trying to stay young as long as I can I figure if I keep going uh the more movement I do the better off I'll be yeah uh, I have a philosophy that my dad my dad lived to be 89 years old passed away on last year but he, he, he was moving from, from the time he got up in the morning to the time he went to bed at night. Um, so that's my goal. I want to stay around a long time. So I keep moving. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, let me ask you here. Um, when it comes to um, members at the gym, like total amount of members that are coming in for the 24 seven access, how many do you have right now? Right now, uh, about 50. It's normally around 50. And the turnover, it, like I said, month by month, mostly month by month members. Um, out of the 50, there are about maybe 15 that are that are uh, either six-month members or yearly members, which mean that they, they're on a little a six-month contract or a year contract, and another 35 or so are month by month. And that that'll they kind of the turnover for the month by month every two or three months uh, different, but it's always around a steady, steady 50 uh, members that are, are normally coming. 
Yeah. Now, if, if I was to add up, if I was to add up the time that I've been there, uh, <laughs> three, four hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you look at, you know, you have 50 members right now and you kind of brought up an idea here that like turn on turn around your your housing the average member for two-ish months, would you say? Like the average mem- members coming and staying two months? Yeah, the average is about, about two months. What would you say the reason that they're leaving after two months is? Uh, life, life, um, kids. A lot, of, a lot of people in, this, in the community, their kids are involved in, you know, from, from depends on what time of the year it is. The kids are in football, they're in baseball, they're in, you know, soccer, uh, the different sports as the change, uh, things change uh, for the parents, uh, where they have to have their kids at. And so the majority of the people here, their kids are going to take priority over themselves, which um, I feel you you still have to make time for yourself, but the majority of the time it's, you know, something dealing with uh, their kids. Football, baseball, softball, dance, uh, all of the different things that kids are involved in. Um, and the parents, you know, they have that fees that go along with, you know, the kids participating and then somebody has to get them there uh, the time they have to, you know, be at uh, different places for rehearsals or practice. And people, when, once they get off work, it's kind of hard. I encourage morning workouts. I encourage morning workouts, even with my personal training. I start uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I start at 4 a.m. Uh, my first clients at 4 a.m. On, fr- on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the first clients are at 5 a.m. So I start early, and I try to encourage people to try to get it in before they go to work because it's, it's kind of hard. After you get off work, I found it's hard for people to muster up the energy uh, necessary uh, to come out. Now, I do have a few uh, evening clients, but the majority of them come morning. in the morning. Yeah, and so you said something there that was really interesting to me before we kind of started talking about, you know, the personal training again, but like when you're talking about the reason people leaving being, you know, a lot of these people are parents, they're taking their kids to sports, you know, being a parent, it's it's hectic. I know I have a four-year-old and he's in, he's already in a few activities and it's like, I feel like sometimes my health isn't what I want it to be because I'm taking care of him. But then I have to take a step back and realize like, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be the mom that he deserves, you know, like if you're not taking care of yourself. And so I think that there's more that we can do as business owners in the fitness space to really um, encourage our members to make themselves a priority. Because in a way, if we're not doing that and we're just like letting them leave and, you know, not get in a workout we're kind of doing them a disservice because mentally and physically they're not going to feel as good as they they do when they work out um and obviously not every single member that's leaving has kids and that's the reason why there's they're leaving we have seasonality in this business being that we are in florida summer months people go they do things and it's like you know they don't want to be in the gym so we deal with that and um it comes to the gym summer months to get ready for the summer months and then they disappear for the summer. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what happens um and so that, there's a lot of things that we can do to like pr- provide more value to them so that you know they they stick around they still make it a part of you know their day um but I want to ask you like you know you have 50 members you feel like you've been you know kind of hovering around 50 for the most part for a while um 
are you guys looking like what ideally if you could would you have more than 50 members or is that like the sweet spot for you no uh, ideally we would have more uh it for like i say for me it just depends on what the more uh would entail I, i'm very i don't know um i'm very conscious of because because i pastor a church I'm very con even conscious of my members uh, and their their personal plight. Um, and I'm here in the community. I'm 56 years old. I'm from Fort Meade. Um, went in the military for six years, came back home uh, to Fort Meade. So I've been in the community, been in the town um, pretty all of my life. And so if those I don't know, it's not long before I get to know them in some way, form, or fashion. And so it just depends on uh, what I, I have people make suggestions to me all the time about, you know, what, what what may work or what may be better. But if it don't sit with me as far as, you know, from a personal standpoint, I, I, I'm a business guy and I've been in business all my life. But with this gym, it's kind of I don't really push it much. I sub, I kind of I guess because I subsidize uh, my income. In other ways, I don't really push the gym or I push, you know, contracts uh, on people. Um, the month by month deal is, is good. The majority of the people that, the few people that do the six months or a year, they just say it's just better for me to pay six months or a year. Uh, some of them pay it in advance, they'll pay it out outright. Some of them do month to month. Uh, so it just depends on, you know, what, the, what it would entail. Uh, to get more than 50 members, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what are some of the things that you've done to try to get new faces in the door of the gym? Uh, from time to time, we'll do, you know, personal, we'll do challenges uh, with, with, a, with a, you know, award. The challenge winners, first, second, third place with, you know, financial um, awards or rewards. Um, to have specials, some to have specials. Uh, on price, uh, two for one, two for one specials. Um, <sighs> so with all of these specials that you have and challenges and stuff, how do you like reach people in your community to get them interested? Uh, normally, uh, Facebook, uh, what, social media, <laughs> stop them on the road, on the side of the road. <laughs> see them. If I see people out exercising, I stop and talk, tell them, you know, if they don't know me, the majority of them do, I just remind them, you know, there's a gym up, there's a gym up, you know, and then I talk to them about when the weather gets bad and the rain is out, you know, you can come see me. Uh, so word of mouth, social media, uh, majority of the times, uh, and just, you know, people kind of, sharing with other people pandemic i'll say this the pandemic really put a put a damper on the gym uh because before pre-pandemic it was a, a very strong very strong uh attendance rate a very strong membership rate uh and we i guess like most small businesses just have not recovered uh fully from the pandemic I, I'll, I'll probably say that because we we definitely had a, a strong uh, maybe 70 or 80, 85 members strong uh, pre-pandemic, and that was solid members. Uh, now it's more month by month. Those were month by month members, but they were they were committed to 
you know, coming and working out, uh, like I say, and most of them were early morning before they went to work. They would come in and, and work out and then go home and, and get ready for work. Mm -hmm. I guess we've, we've kind of, you know, we've like everybody else, we've suffered from the pandemic. And then now, you know, with the economy the way it is, it, it's kind of, it, that, that makes it even rougher uh, for in a small, small town, small area. Yeah, it definitely does make things rougher, like you said. Um, small town life is unlike, um, it's the best life. It's the best life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so for you, I'm just trying to, you know, gauge where your head is at here. And so when we look at the sweat box gym, what, what does the future look like? You know, if, if, if you could kind of have everything pan out the way you envision, what does that look like for you? Uh, it would look like a gym that's that's thriving. Uh, it, before the pandemic, we had different classes going on: uh, Zumba, yoga. Uh, we had a hip hop hip hop dance class. Um, different things to attract different people uh, for workouts. Um, we had group group workouts where even members of the gym they would get together. And, and talk with one another and decide a certain time they was going to come to the gym and work out together. So it would just be people in and out of the door um, working out, uh, uh, getting healthy. One of my, one of my big, big things is, is, is to help people get help, uh, get healthy or stay healthy. Uh, one of the things I look at just being around as long as I've been around, I know that we, we live in a, in a time where people need to work out. It's not, it, it, from old, it shouldn't really be a, it shouldn't really be a choice. It should be a need. People should look at it as a need. And the reason why I say that is, uh, well, my dad and my mom, when I was a kid, when they, they were working, when they went to work the majority of the time, they went to work out. Their work was not, you know, sedentary. They weren't sitting at, at a desk or all that. They were out, they were working. Uh, and most jobs, you know, back when I was coming up, people, so when they came, when they left, home, they went to work, but work was a workout. When they came home, they really didn't want to do anything because they worked, worked out all day long. And so now when people are, you know, most things are, are with technology, most things are computerized. Uh, we, we do a lot of stuff on, you know, the computers, a lot of technical stuff, and we don't do a lot of physical stuff. And so we need to, the body's designed, you know, to be in motion. Right. And so that would be the goal is to have people understand that and have people, you know, coming uh, in the gym three, four, four days a week, it's taking 30, 40. It don't, and what people don't realize, it don't take long. It don't take long to come in and, and get a workout in 30, 35, 40, 45 minutes. Uh, that's a good solid workout if you're doing it a couple of days a week, being consistent in coming. Uh, so, you know, my goal would, you know, to, to, to have, the gym, uh, people coming in and out of the gym uh, to better themselves uh, physically, better themselves physically, uh, and also it helps emotionally. When you work out, it helps you, you know, it, you become a, a little less stressful. And so uh, my goal is, I've, I've been doing it since 2015, and so my goal is to, to continue to keep doing it, you know, as long as I can, 
I have a few kids that they're, they're, they're kind of business minded. And so I look at it, it continue to go and grow uh, to the point that it, it actually, you know, settles in and become a, a mainstay or a fixture in the life of the people here in the city. Yeah. And I love, I love that. Like it sounds, it sounds to me like you're really in this to serve your community kind of like for you, I guess you could say this is kind of like a ministry for you. Um, And I really, really enjoy that and I'm excited to see how you're able to continue to support the community of Fort Meade. Do you guys have a Facebook page or an Instagram for the gym that our listeners can go to find you? Uh, yes, ma'am, we do. Uh, the Facebook page is The Sweatbox. Perfect. <laughs> the <Awesome>. Sweatbox. <laughs> well, thank you for being here today. Thank you, listeners. If you are tuning in, thank you guys so much. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is J.D. Hernandez. And joining us today on the show is a very, very special guest. It is the one and only Gabe with Warrior Built MMA. Gabe, what is going on today? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Happy Tuesday. What's going on? <laughs> How's it going, JJ? Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on the show today. Um, you know, it's had a little bit of uh, bumps in the road this morning, but, you know, just like anything, it's got to gotta rise up and get over them, man. I appreciate you uh, having it. me on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. And so, look, we're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on with Warrior Built, you know, first, Gabe, why don't we give you the opportunity to explain to us how you describe the business, right? If I came in and I'm like, hey, Tell me a little about Warrior Built. How would you, what's the rundown here? What do you guys do? What would that sound like for you guys? Absolutely. So we are the longest running combat sports academy in Southern Colorado. Um, everybody knows UFC one started right here in Colorado. So this is kind of where uh, UFC started its roots. I've literally been around since then. Uh, we're coming up on our 27th year of uh, being open. And, um, you know, we, we serve all clientele. You know, I, I've always been in my heart. I've, I've, it's been kind of a duality because I've always been the one that loves people more than I love money. So I've always used my gym as an extension of social, social responsibility and social outreach to reach, you know, young people who maybe don't really have something positive in their life. Um, that being said, um, you know, we have average housewives who just want to change it up, have a fun workout and train like a fighter. I have professional athletes who come in and, you know, we've had some of the, some of the biggest names in combat sports through our doors. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, I tell people all the time, it's uh, better to come here and roll and get punched and 
have fun with people who love you here than out in the streets by people who don't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And especially with, you know, our day and age where we are now with society in general, I think it's very important to know how to protect yourself. I think yeah. it goes very undermined, right? And then you really don't, you don't realize you need it until you're in that moment where you're like, damn, if only I knew how to protect myself right now. So that's very important. And so I, I love that you're an advocate for that and that you're pushing that, right? And so, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics here. We'll dive a little bit deeper. How many members are you serving currently, Gabe? Right now we have about 50 that we serve on the books. Um, outside of that, like I said, I do a lot of social outreach programs. Um, so I work with some of the kids that are kind of off the books that don't really have, you know, um, the funds to be able to do that. Uh, we go out into the, into the community. I do everything from uh, self-defense workshops for women um, that sometimes, you know, I, I do social work for a living. And so sometimes I'll have organizations come to me because they, uh, I've just been so prevalent in the community. They'll say, hey, you know, would you mind coming and doing a, a workshop for some young ladies that we have? Um, so there's always room to grow. In fact, um, we're in the process of growing into a, a brand new space, which we hope to be open in the next three, three weeks. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. Are you, it's going to be your second location or are you just moving everything from there to this one? No, we just, uh, we just, um, we're going to move everything to the new location. We've tried doing a second location, uh, before we, we used to have a branch in Colorado Springs, um, mm -hmm. a branch in Colorado Springs and then a branch here. Um, and then, um, as the branch in Colorado Springs dissolved, we just decided to keep everything uniform um, you know, from a, a branding perspective and really just pay attention to having one location. Um, but now we're at that point where we've just grown too big. Um, we cannot facilitate the amount of classes that we need gotcha. to be able to facilitate to make the most of our mat space. So to do gotcha. that, we need to grow. Yeah, you know, 100%. And I think that's can't go unnoticed, right? Sometimes, sometimes people think that two locations means more money, but sometimes it's more overhead and more problems. So it's something to consider. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And so, you know, uh, for you, Gabe, and, and the members that you have, what's been the best method of finding those clients, right? What's worked well for you enough to get them through the door? Um, you know, I think uh, my original background, and I'll digress here for a second, was media and marketing. I did that for about 20 years. So, um, you know, we, we've tried pretty much everything out there to substantiate, you know, Pueblo, we're, we're about 130, 140,000 people. So it's like a, a small, big town, small town, big town problems. Um, so, you know, we, we've done pay-per-click, you know, obviously the website is probably our, our primary um, factor, especially right now with um, to be perfectly honest, with the cannabis industry growing in Colorado the way it has the last couple of years, the influx of residents, residents that and growth that has impacted Colorado as a whole is mind blowing. So it used to be that, to be perfectly honest, everybody knew who we were. There wasn't a place in Pueblo that didn't know because we've been here 27 years. Um, you know, we've done billboards. Um, I promoted our own fights here for years. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is as technology changes and people migrate in and out, even if I knew 100% of the people today in my whole community, probably within a couple of months, 
I wouldn't anymore. And I think that the need to be consistently reaching out to those new clients, you know, it's one of those things we didn't have to do before as much, but there's so much um, uh, transient moving coming in and out right now because of the cannabis industry. I, I think it's marketing is going to continue to be at the forefront of every gym's necessity. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that goes undermined right? I think a lot of people will think that they, I mean, again, you're professional, not a marketing professional. So I, again, you're not supposed to have those skill sets always, but I think a lot of people undermine it and think that, oh, you know what? It's, it's not necessary. People will just come, but you kind of have to know those skill sets in order to kind of make it through and then get to that point where you want to be and improve. So I think that's a, a great point to make there. I, I appreciate that there, Gabe, too. And so, you know, with the marketing efforts that you have used and what's worked well for you, you know, how many members would you expect, or let's say leads, not just members, but let's say leads. Um, how much would you say come through the door on a weekly or monthly basis? Um, it's hard to, hard to speculate at the moment. Usually. So I run the business with my son-in-law, Jeff, uh, Santos, I need to say, who's a professional fighter, but he handles primarily most of the business side of the of uh, the business. So as far as leads, our ability to close leads, uh, I would say we have a 90, 95% closing ratio. Um, there are other gyms here in uh, our locality, but I think, you know, I'll attribute it to the atmosphere um, when people come, you know, it's just such a welcoming atmosphere and at home where everybody just feels comfortable. I want to say that that, I mean, our closing rate is probably one of the higher ones. Typically, I get a lot of people that might go to another gym. Usually they end up at my place and they say, well, you know, I, I went here and I went here, but now I'm here. And usually they end up signing up that day. Wow. It's a great process. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And the fact that you know your conversion rate and, and how well you can do that, it's almost like hey, as long as you're through the door, we're kind of, we got you, you know, not in a bad way, but you know, like obviously again, like that's a testament to the, the ability of how well you're able to build trust and build value because it's all sales is building trust and value. And as long as they see it, they're going to take it. So I think that's great. So um, now, with those clients that you do have, you know, how have you been able to manage tracking, right? How do you track that? Because I think it, it's it's something along the lines of like lifetime value, right? Or, or or even cancellations and how long they've been with you, right? Or if they've fallen off after a, a month or a week, how would you know where they are in that, in that journey? Now, we do use, um, uh, Jeff implemented a, a new check-in sign-in gym management system this year that we've been using, and I forget, it's Jim. What is it? It's so silly that I don't know. Um, but, you know, we have a gym software okay. that we use. It's, uh, you know, we have a tablet where when people come in, they sign, they check into their class, put their number. We are able to monitor the amount of classes uh, that they're coming to. We're able to take payments. Um, if they want to make a payment straight through the app or they can do it online. Um, but really, that gives us an idea to run a month over month 
uh, revenue report, see where we're at, see where we're trending, and kind of give us an idea of where we want to go, that those trends are actually what gave us the ability to justify making the large investment to actually move to this bigger location. So um, that's one of the things that he's really good at. He's very OCD. I'm not, I just love to teach. Uh, I'm a marketing <laughs> guy, right? He's the, he, he likes, he likes numbers. He's, you know, and yeah. so that you need that kind of dynamic. It used to be that everybody knew that if they came to, so everybody in the MMA industry, most people that know me in this industry, they call me Kuya, which is Filipino for big brother. So gave Kuya Charbonneau, that's how most people know me. But everybody knows that they come to Kuya and they say, look, I don't have any money this month or hey, I have a kid who doesn't have any money. I'm going to tell him just to come. Um, that was one of the things when my son decided to uh, partner in the business because I took this business over from my dad. My dad's and all of his uncles were um, professional fighters going all the way back to the Philippines, which is where my dad's side of the family was from. Um, I always thought my sons would take it over from me. They spent their whole life doing it. And now I realize, you know, they, they want nothing to do with it at this point, just because they're just burnt out. And so my son-in-law who decided to take it over with me said, I'm happy to do it with you, Pop. I want to see this thing continue on, but you got to stop being so nice. We're going to put some professional uh, processes in place. You got to stop teaching everybody for free. And uh, so I, I will say that that's what has in he, the systems that he's put in place um, have really enabled us to, uh, to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say this, you know, I think it, coming from the industry as well I, and having a big heart, I think it's something you can't teach, but some people do abuse sometimes. Right. And at the end of the day, right. I mean, we want to help everybody, but at the end of the day, it, it has to make sense because you help everybody free then you can't stay open i think that's a big thing right a lot of, but a lot of the viewers are probably in the same position and i think when you can kind of alternate it to where it's okay hey like you know this is a double-edged sword here right like i serve you you serve me um and realistically right people make money they, they have money for things that are important to them they vote with their dollars essentially like is it this is this important is that important so if it really is that important to them, I think they always make do with it. It's also about being able to not be afraid to say, hey, like, well, you know, maybe one month will be okay, but not every month, you know what I'm saying? Which is, which I'm sure they'll understand, you know, they treat you like family, right? They call you big brother. So I'm sure they're going to understand that too. So, but no, I think that's a great point. Go ahead. Are you going to say something else? I don't want to cut you off there. No, it's fine. You know, it's, it's interesting when you, when we talk about things like perceived value, value perception. I realized that I used to pride myself on being so affordable, you know, that everybody could afford it, right? The less expensive something is, the less valuable it becomes to the mind of your clients. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? When I started raising my prices on par because I was training some pretty big professional fighters at the time, once I raised all of my prices up, it's funny. When people have to invest in something, when people set aside their hard-earned money, they'll get there every time, right? Yeah. But when they're paying less for it, it's a lot easier for them to stay sitting on the couch and not make it to the gym. That's so true. I, I really do think like the value perception is huge because people are afraid to almost do it. 
no one's going to buy it. I'm, I'm, I can't compare it with my, my, my competition, this and that. But at the end of the day, right, you can't make yourself a commodity because you're not a commodity, right? Planet Fitness and all these people can do that because they're, they're just focused on volume, right? They flourish off people not coming to their gym, literally. Yeah. But you guys flourish off people coming to the gym because you're building a community, right? That's the bigger yeah. picture. It's, it's the people, not, not the profit, which again, you need profit to survive. So yes, we need, we need to focus on that too. You can't undermine that. But realistically, the value perception is so true, right? It's like, think about a Ferrari, right? People say like, oh my God, they, they know it's expensive. You can just look at, oh my God, that's like $200,000. And, but they know the value of what it brings, right? Whether it's stature or attention, but it's the same thing at other places, right? You know, CrossFit gyms aren't cheap, but they have hundreds of members, right? MMA gyms aren't cheap, but you have hundreds of members. And it's about continuing that process. So look, there's a member and there's a client for you. It's about finding that member, that client who actually like belongs there and sees the value of it. That's it. So, um, and I think that's awesome. Gabe. I mean, you have a good perception there and understand that value perception is huge. So now it's kind of like the next question, right? And it's a little bit longer winded question. So if you need me to repeat anything, just let me know. Um, so, you know, what we've been discussing this entire time has been pillars of business, right? And there's about five, but there's three that we use more predominantly than any, right? It's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Gabe, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, to be perfectly honest, probably getting more from from existing members. Um, the lead acquisition, you know, I mean, even if I, if we look at what it takes to acquire a member from a, a lead gen perspective, right? If we're looking at, you know, let's say, you know, pay-per-click marketing, right? And we're looking at lead gen, we usually have a very low uh, cost per person that comes to the door. I think our, our biggest thing is probably reaching more people, obviously, because that takes more investment, right? So if you want to reach more of your market, you're going to have to widen up your, your PPC efforts or your SEO or, you know, social channels, whatever it is. Marketing costs money at the end of the day, you know? Um, yeah. I, I worked in radio for years and years, and I was in radio, you know, in really? 2007, 2008 when the market crashed. Yeah. I used to uh, be the director of marketing for eight, a cluster of eight stations here in Colorado. Wow. 2007, guess what? We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have Sirius XM. They had just came out. Market yeah, crash. First thing everybody did was pull their advertising, right? Because why? Because it's untangible. They can't touch it, right? Not everybody goes to an auto dealership and says, hey, I heard your commercial on the radio. I felt compelled to come in. That's not how marketing works. <laughs> but that's very hard to convince dealerships, right? So they pulled all their advertising. Radio take a tum took a tumble. And Sirius XM, you know, came on the rise. So I think that's what the hardest thing that I, I, I tried to get people to understand in my professional career outside of this, one thing that I do know is that advertising costs money. And when nobody else is advertising, you should be advertising because at least you're the only eyeballs that people are seeing. So I think it's really getting a better handle on reaching more people. And then once they're in the door, I have always, it's, it's that my heart is too big, have had a hard time 
upselling those existing clients. You know what I yeah. mean? So I would say those are the two areas probably where I struggle. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think it's all about being able to present it in a way where it's just part of the process, right? So it's like, oh, well, hey, this is part of the membership, right? And even though it's it essentially is, and it's like, oh, you know, this comes with everybody gets it, you know, and then it just becomes a commonality, right? Because people, I think when they feel like they're being sold something, they get a little uh, uh, pushed back, right? And you feel like you're, you're chasing them to get the sale, right? Get the commission breath. It doesn't feel good. Nobody likes that. It kind of, it's offsetting. So um, if you can do it in a way where it's welcoming into it, oh, hey, like, you know, everybody buys their gloves from here. You don't have to go anywhere else. Or, you know, hey, everybody buys their protein shakes from here. You don't have to go yeah. anywhere else. I think that's the biggest thing. Also having the offers as well, right? That's another thing. If you don't have anything to offer, then there's nothing much you can really do. So, yeah. Um, but that's a great point. I appreciate the transparency there too. So I, I think the viewers, and, and I appreciate just because again, regardless of success, the fact that you can show that you can still improve, I think it's a big eye opener for myself and everybody else. Well, and here's the weird part, right? I have you know done that professionally for years for other business, but I find it is the hardest thing to do for your own business, if that makes sense. It's true. It's true. It's like, I think... Um, it's that it, it's, and I, you know, what? and I could, I, I wish I could put a word on it on, on why that is, but you think about it, like entrepreneurship for working for somebody else, they tell you to be there at 7am, you're going to be there. But when you have to tell yourself, oh, I'm going to go to the gym at 6pm, you kind of cheat on yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Not everybody, but some people do, you know, and yeah. I think, um, you know, there could be many reasons for it. it could be one reason, but I think uh, it really, I think to me, it just comes down to discipline, right? I think that the fact of the matter is, People just need to be able to be like, hey, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep my word with myself. And that's the biggest thing. If you keep your word with yourself, execution always happens. But I think also it's that you don't want to mess up for yourself either if it doesn't go the direction that you want it to. But again, there's so many reasons that we can talk about. I think the viewers will make their own answers in their own world too. So I think everybody has their own reasoning for that. So, um, you know, and, and here's the last two questions for you, Gabe, before we sign out here. My two favorite questions. Um, and the first one is, you know, um, what is the bigger picture, right? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Well, to be honest, from a heritage perspective, having this gym and passing martial arts down through to coming up on four generations now, that has always been the bigger picture rather than the success of a gym. Right. So at Warrior Build, we always said warriors are not made in houses of brick and stone, but in the collective of the people there. Right. Um, like that. This is the first time with my son-in-law at the helm that I could see something not just existing, but profitable. Something that can actually be a business that is sustainable. That is not just a labor of love, but is profitable. That, you know, will allow us to pass on something that's not just knowledge-based, but something that is profitable on through, as we continue through the generations who have served it. You know what I mean? It's a little yeah. bit different, yeah. I think, when we're looking at fitness gyms overall, but, you know, something like Family martial arts are just a very intimate thing, right? It's not what we do, but it's the fabric, moral fabric of who we are and 
I take that very seriously, right? I could like the Gracie family, they take, they take, you know, that very seriously. And so they were just the first at doing it really well to make sure that not only did they pass on something that was meaningful and spiritual, but it was profitable. And I'm at a point in my life where I say, I would like to do that too, right? Because for years it was a labor of love. I done it because I loved it. I didn't care if I had to foot out extra money for the light bill that month. I didn't care if I had to pay out of my pocket so some of our kids could go fight in the Colorado State Muay Thai Championships. It was for the greater good and that's how I felt, right? But that's because I didn't see beyond the trees. And now the first time that I could see beyond the trees and it's, it's changed my perspective a little bit and I think it's in a good way because I don't have to sacrifice the morals, the importance, the values and everything that, that I've come up with, right? I don't have to sacrifice those I can see to keep the integrity and also make it profitable. So um, I think it's it's a good time for me right now. It's an interesting time because I won't be able to yeah. do this forever. Pretty soon it'll be Jeff's. And my daughter Jackie has a very uh, different, his wife, um, she runs a pole fitness gym for females. So it's like, you know, the acrobatics on the pole, right? Stripper poles, I hate the word but she's been able to walk away from her job because it's so profitable. One wow. thing that COVID has taught us is that A, nature always finds a way. You couldn't go to the gym, guess what? We hopped on Zoom, right? So now there's this whole new niche. Um, and that people that have been stuck inside their house, they wanna get fit, right? Yeah. So there's still not just a market, but a huge market right now for fitness. Yeah, 100%. Is that the direction you're going in that online space? Um, I, yeah, so I want to, that's what he's really trying to push me to do is to do more stuff in the online space, because it's just like you said, got to be able to reach new people and to reach yeah. people outside of your own geography is, I think, kind yeah. of cool. I've never done it. That's awesome. Yeah. And the, the, the is a big crowd, the industry, that's the biggest thing you'll got to keep up with them. So. I think that's awesome. And one last question for you here, Gabe, my favorite question. I'm kind of curious to see your answer because you give me some good ones. So let's see. I want to see this one. So, you know, Gabe, um, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Think bigger. Is that think the mic bigger. drop? That's it. That's the mic, <laughs> just the mic drop. Think bigger. Um, yeah. I was just a, a kid who was still fighting and wanted his own place to, to train. And the, the core of the gym were like, when you were in high school and you never wanted to be the first one to leave because something cool might happen while you were, and you weren't around to see it. We used to train till three in the morning. And it was like the coolest place for me and my cousins and the people close to us to get together and box and share ideas and do new tech. MMA had just begun. And we we're like, let's see what worked. And we were like kids that just never wanted to be home. Um, but I look back in retrospect and I see all that has been done in the name of something that we've been doing and they have surpassed us from a financial success standpoint times 10. 
right? There's mega gyms in the US now where my success lied in the spirits and hearts of the people that I was able to reach on a personal level. Because when I teach somebody, I truly believe that there is a spiritual transaction that takes place between teacher and student. And so if I had to go back and look at doing it all again, I would tell myself, think bigger from the get-go. And I wouldn't have to be here watching these guys with mega gyms while they go on vacation and the gym runs itself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, Gabe. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your website, your Instagram, your Facebook, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Absolutely. Check us out online at warriorbuiltmma.com. Uh, MMA Striking GC is my Instagram as well as uh, on YouTube. Uh, we have a pretty big social following. I have uh, techniques of the weeks, tips. I have uh, a lot of special guests. Um, UFC champion, three-time UFC champion, Henry Cejudo. Uh, worked with him. Um, a lot of other guys in there. So uh, check it out. Leave some comments. And uh, hope to see you on the mat soon. There we go. Like, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Gabe. And look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Just stick around for one second if you can, so I can let you know how you get to the podcast. I'd sure. appreciate it. So, uh, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like it, subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Title Boxing Club in Loveland, Ohio, Mark Fox. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank you, Dominic. I am excited to have you on, I believe, officially my first title boxing club location. So let's hop into it. Tell us uh, about your title boxing club location. Well, our location is uh, about 20 minutes northeast of downtown Cincinnati. So we're in a suburb. So we're not that, that typical traditional gym, as you would think of with the creaky floors and the uh, mold smelling in, in the air. But it's a, a nicer, cleaner uh, atmosphere. We have 40 heavy bags hanging off a bag stand and we run five to six classes during the day where each each we, we like to try hard to get our members to each get an individualized workout in that group setting while they're there 
Got it. Got it. Okay. We're going to dig a little bit more into the execution as we go. But before we get there, give us some of your background history, how you got into this. No, I've, I've been kind of a fitness buff myself my, my whole life. Um, also, my family members really were liking, enjoyed, into it, played a lot of sports through, through the years. But, um, you know, just went to gyms my whole life. I was uh, I worked in medical sales and then got into medical technology sales end of it. And an opportunity like this came up learning, you know, being one of the very first owners of Title Boxing Club, which was a little over 10 and a half years ago now. Um, I, I really wanted to take the, the leap into it because, you know, boxing is probably the world's oldest sport that we're giving it a new twist to it and taking it to the suburbs is something, I don't, I don't know where you grew up, Dominic, but in neighborhoods I was in, that was not around. You had to get into inner cities to do it. So most people kind of like the idea of learning how to throw a punch correctly and you know, doing it right and getting in great shape. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you were um, an early adopter to the title boxing club uh, franchise system. It's franchise, correct? Correct. Yeah. So how did you get introduced to title boxing club? How did that come across your radar and, and what made it the thing for you? Well, it's interesting you said that. I was just talking to somebody about this recently. Um, so I had hired a, um, a person who helped you find a franchise that's best for you. And they give you this questionnaire for you and your wife to go through, and, and we answered it. The very first one he came up with was Title Boxing Club. Again, this is about 12 years ago. And I said, absolutely not. I, I, I'm not interested in that. I like boxing, love it. You know, it's interesting to me. But no, I'm looking to do this as a business, not, you know, this is kind of fun. So we moved on, you know, onto other things. And a good year later, he says, you know, Mark, every time I look at this, it keeps coming up. This title boxing club is like your best one. And I go, well, look, I can give you 10 reasons why this would never work before I even look into it. So we went through it and he had great answers for everyone. I go, all right, now I'm interested. <laughs> so um, that, that's what kind of got me started with it. And then of course, you know, you don't just do it based off of that. You know, you, I went out and ghosted a couple of title boxing clubs that, that well, one was in Kansas City and there was one actually in Columbus at the time. So I went in, they didn't even know I was coming and I kind of watched things, saw things and didn't tell them who I was, what I was looking for. And then I'd get in the parking lot. I actually talked to the members in the parking lot, telling them, hey, I'm considering, you know, building, you know, getting one of these in Cincinnati. Tell me what, you know, honestly, what you think. I don't, and it, it was, you know, the answers were, were great to hear that people said, help them lose weight, help them, you know, for women, it was that, you know, you being a guy, Dominic, there's always that sense of, you know, we've thrown punches or feel like we can throw punches, but, you know, with women, it's that empowering feeling that they get because they walk around thinking they could be a victim at any time. And we, you know, don't really think of it that way. And then most guys don't really know how to throw a punch. They think they know how to throw a punch, but, you know, you really learned at a title boxing club. Plus, as I tell people, you know, especially with the boxers that I've been with, you can really wear somebody out making a miss. You don't even have to throw a punch. <laughs> you can just embarrass him. <laughs> That's been Floyd Mayweather's whole career. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a guy who made a career off of that. He's not the hardest hit. He made people miss. It made you wear and get frustrated. It's like, hey, you're going to miss. Good, good point, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, you've been doing this, you know, as we said, over 10 years. Right. Um, so I'm sure there have to have been some big, big changes in the industry. You've seen some big milestones on the industry as a whole and for you. So what are the things that stand out the most for you that have that have changed or that you've done over the last 10 years or so with Title? Well, yeah, it's good you said that. Um, my wife reminded me not too long ago. When we first opened up, 
there were no fitness places around us other than some big box gym that was a mile or two away. But shortly after we opened up, you know, many other fitness places opened, you know, opened up to including some boxing places. And, um, you know, you just have to kind of, you know, I, I know that I have the secret to it because I don't know what people don't do, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, you know, it goes back to the adage you were taught a long time ago, treat other people as you would have them treat you when they come in. You know, it's kind of like learning their names. I bartended when I was in college and people loved it if you knew their name or remembered their drink. So you know, if you remember something about them, you kind of help them with boxing. You kind of help them with what, what you know, what is it you're looking for when you get here? Not like, oh, good, you're here. I got your money. It's more of what, what is it you want to do? Well, you find out not everybody's here for the same reason or they have a lot of frustrations they want to get out. Most people are generally trying to lose weight. You know, that's, that's a, a, a genuine goal. But sometimes there's a little more to it than just that, that they having a lot of stress in their life and you can take it out. And I kind of show them, look, take it out in the bag. So I think I'd mentioned to you earlier, we had 40 heavy bags. I mean, so far I tell people we've been open, you know, almost 11 years and not once has a bag punched anybody back yet. So you can take it out in that bag as much as you like. It'll never hit you back. So. <laughs> yeah. If the bags start hitting back, we're all in trouble. Yeah. We're all in a lot of trouble. So yeah. yeah but. But, but for now, yeah, the revenge, the revenge of the heavy bags, that would be a, <laughs> we all be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so with, with what you've built up over the years, um, you know, you've got, you've got hundreds of members, right? We don't have to go into the exact number, but you've got hundreds of, of clients. Uh, I'm sure you've seen thousands over the years. Right. What do you feel like has, has worked best for you to get new clients, to get people in the door as far as marketing and advertising over the years and is it the same now for you as it's always been, or have you have you had different stages of what worked best? Actually, you know, I could probably sell myself as a consultant in this this end of this business because we spent an enormous amount of money at the very beginning on ads, um, billboards, radio commercials, TV commercials. But you know, Dominic, it just really comes down to the internet. If you're 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 available, when people think they want to work out and do something, internet. And you do something, they go to the internet, they look it up, they put in Google, they put in the name. So you need to be high up on that list. You know, nobody really goes to page two, right? They go to page one. You don't have to necessarily be the first one, but the second and the third, you better be up there. And the longer you're in business, the better your reputation is, the better the reviews are, you're going to get pushed up to the top. Now, there, without getting too much detail, you can pay for ads, but I think a lot of people know to look past that because that's somebody paying money. I jokingly say, when someone tries to give me, look, I put in, you know, Italian food, when I've been in the touch in New Jersey and the first thing that comes up is a Chinese food place because they paid an ad for it. So I've learned the first three, I just look right past. I, I, these are, you know, the ones are the organic, you know, ones are the ones I'm after the ones that, you know, most people said, and then of course you're going to read reviews and you know, just like anything in life, if your friend does it or whatever, and they've lost weight or they say, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. You're going to want to check that out. It's, you know, I can tell you till I'm blue in the face, but somebody, you know, tells you, boy, this has really made a difference in my life. You're much more likely to come check it out. You know, you know, want, want to do it. It's and pretty rare that somebody comes in and doesn't say, wow, that was an incredible workout. That was better than I thought. And, and, and if you don't mind me adding a, a lot of things, because again, I've, I've longed to many gyms before It's not uncommon for people to go to the gym, they work out, they get a little bit lost. They get stuck on a treadmill or they left the two or three things. I remember the person saying it to them. And let's face it, the treadmill, you can do that for two and a half minutes and you go, holy cow, <laughs> I feel like I've been here for half an hour. Our class 
is, you know, anywhere between a half an hour to an hour. And people go, I can't believe it's over already. It's, you know, we've got, gone through the whole class because you're constantly moving. You're constantly changing. You, you know, you're, you're doing different workouts, you know, on that bag. And everybody's workout is unique to them. It's not the same for, for you know, everybody in there. We're not, it's not a dance class. You're not right, right, left, 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 right. And I don't mean to make fun of it, but I mean, it's, you know, you, you get to do your own thing on that bag to some level. I mean, you do, but I mean. Got it. Okay. So lots of word of mouth, lots of referrals, uh, not so heavy these days as far as paying for advertising, getting out right. there, whether it's online or billboards or, you know, the, the local diner placemat, you're really, you really lean hard into just giving a great experience that people are going to talk about. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The all all the buzz that I'm hearing now in a lot of conversations now is people talking about front end offers. You know what happens when people walk in the door and they join, whether it's low barrier, high barrier, high ticket. There's all all these different cliches that get thrown around, and I don't think there's any right or wrong, but I think it's good to expose the different things that people do to get new clients started off in their facility. So right, right now, what's your bread and butter? What's, what's your go-to to get someone signed up into a program when they come, come to see you, check you out? Well, the, the first class is free when you come in. So we, so hopefully that, that, you know, that bar is lowered for someone. I come in, check this out. If I don't like it, I can leave. We don't do any hard selling. We're not going to get stuck in a room. We're not going to have the T-chart and try to get, you know, if you don't like it, I'll ask you why you didn't like it. I've never had anybody say they didn't like it. But, you know, but I mean, if there's something, you know, we didn't do, I, I want to know that. Or if we did something to offend you or something, fine. But, you know, generally that first class kind of gives them a good, good, good idea. But you know what it is? It's my members there go out of their way to talk to people. See, we're not that big box gym. We're a community. I mean, just last week, we did a, a benefit class for surviving families of um, firefighters and police officers that have died. So your, your community likes that. They want to be there. And then your members will go out of their way without even saying a word. And they'll talk to new people and go, hey, look, don't, don't be frustrated. I was where you were, you know, two years ago. And, you know, this is great. And they just, you know, you don't even have to do, yeah, ask that. So I, I think, you know, just like anything in life, the follow-up's important. I mean, some people get a little nervous when they're leaving. They go, oh, I don't want to make that decision. I did that at so-and-so. And then I got stuck in a two-year agreement. I go, I go, first off, all of our agreements are month to month. So that, you know, you're committing to one month. And I... I think it's a good idea to commit to at least a month anyway, because you know you don't want to you don't want to do it twice and go oh this isn't for me. Come on, give it a tr give it a good try. And that's not asking a lot. So so yeah, we've done away with any of the year, the two years. It used to be reduced, but it just becomes I don't know. It's just you, you know you don't want you don't want people to feel badly about it or wish they hadn't done it. So look, make it a month to month. If there's some reason you don't know me, you don't know whether to trust me or not. So just you know let's just do it for a month and see if it works for you. You're, you're yeah, generally speaking, um, someone comes in, they take a free class with you. If they like it, they just go right into a month to month uh, membership. Nothing right. fancy, no, no big programs, no, uh, no hard sell, no packages. No. Just, no. hey, if you like it, come month to month. If you don't like it, you know, you're, you're done a month from now. Well, we also have, um, excuse me, let me get We, we also have multiple month-to-month -month memberships. So let's say, to you know, today's what, the eighth of the month. So, you know, you signed up, let's say you came in today, Dominic, and it was the eighth. 
your membership runs from the 8th of July till the 7th of August. So you can do a four times per month membership. You can do an eight times per month membership. You can do an unlimited membership. So it's, you, you've got three to pick from that, that you can do. Hey, I belong to so-and-so gym. I like to lift with my friends on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I need a little more cardio with, and I'd like to learn how to box. So I'm only going to do this once or twice in a week. Okay, here's your option. The four times per month or the eight times per month. Or, hey, I'm going to commit to this. I want this unlimited. Okay, here's your unlimited. And again, all of those are month to month. So if you don't like it, that's okay. You know, we're, okay. we're fine with that. All right. The next, um, the next step, and I think these two things are going to tie together. So I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Um, you've got a staff of 11 besides you, mm -hmm. um, trainers, some people who de do desk work, things like that. And the biggest, probably the biggest problem that people tell me over and over right now um, when they come on the show that they have in their business is finding good staff. So where have you built most of your staff? Is it external hiring, you know, ads, websites, newspaper, or is it people who are clients or, or some sort of mix? I, I think the mix is super important because here, here's the problem that one of the clubs that didn't end up making, I'm not saying this was the issue, is that they insisted on hiring all of their trainers from their classes. Well, the problem with that is then when people come in going, oh, this is all it takes, you know, you can just be somebody here to, you know, you want it to be like, hey, no, there's an effort. And on top of that, you also want people who were boxers because you're joining a gym that does boxing. You don't have anybody who's a boxer that's in here. That doesn't look good. Plus, as you can imagine, if someone is a boxer, they're going to teach you something you never even thought about. I, that, you know, just why, why does the NFL have a, a color commentator? He's the guy who was the quarterback. He's the guy who was a running back. He's the guy, and then they have the play-by-play -play guy. So you really need them. You really need these, you know, the, the both. So you need a variety of those people. But, you know, where do you get them from? I don't know that I have a, a secret or a magic sauce, but just like your membership, you want to keep your trainers. And I think what I've, uh, the niche that I think that's not gone well, and let's knock on wood here so I don't do it, is that they really want to be valued more than, the money's not as important to them as everybody. Everybody who thinks if I give them a raise, they'll stay. That's not the reason a lot of the younger people are staying. I'm 61 now. So, I mean, you, you know, my motivation's different than theirs. They want to feel valued. They like the fact that we do a lot for our community, that we get people involved. We even have like nights where you come, you come to the, you come to the club, we have this thing, what we call um, fight night at the club. We just put up two bags and the bags count the number of punches that people and the impact of the punches and they get a score for that. So people come and they bring beer, they bring wine, they sit around and they watch. Or I always tell them, look, have your beer wine after. You don't want to do it before you box. It's not going to be. And the score gets on. So I think people like being part of a community and the trainers like being that because they live in the community and they like those people. So that, as you know, in the gym, the pay's not great. You're not going to buy your Maserati. <laughs> you know, with there, but I think people like being part of the gym. They like being part of that. They like to be a trainer of that. And then they get a free membership with it. So you can't make it. Um, if you're going to compete on money, you're going to lose on money. It's how it's going to go. Don't, so don't go down that path. We're, we're not, we're not going to do that. That's what they want. And better think about it too, Dominic. If somebody's here only for the money, are they really the trainer you want? You want someone who's got passion for it, who likes it, who wants to help people, you know, that kind of thing. And then if you turn around and help them and show you care about their lives, they tend to stick around with me a lot longer, those people. So. Your volume keeps going out. 
your definition of, of training and how these trainers are doing. I think you described it to me off the air as um, individualized training that happens in a group setting. So um, for people who haven't looked at it in that way, what does that mean to you? And how do you feel that you bridge the gap there? Okay, sure. So maybe I can describe a class and give you a better idea. So when the class starts, just like anything, we do a warm-up. And the warm-up starts out very basic and then gets, you know, a little more aggressive as we go along. Well, if I've got a six-year-old kid in class and I have another guy who's in fantastic shape, if I'm giving them both the same exercise, you're going to lose one of them. Let's face it. That, that's not what they're for. So even though I might say squat, I'll kind of go over to the kid and go, look, just move your legs this way. Have this guy doing a squat. I've shown him the correct way to do a squat, how he sits back on his heels, how he drives the heels through the floor, that the knee joint is parallel to the hip joint. You're going to go over that with a little kid. He's, he's not sticking with you. Just keep those people moving. Then when you get to the boxing, the same kind of thing. You can call it that. You can call it that. Um, so you've got an experienced person that more complicated, you know, combination of say, you know, you're going to throw your jab and your cross. You're going to roll and then you're going to throw your four. I will stand behind the bag while he does it and throw a punch. Nowhere that's going to hit him, but to demonstrate, this is why you're rolling. So you're avoiding the punch. A little kid, I'm going to do that a little differently. And if he doesn't, if he only gets the one and you know, the jab and the cross, the one and two and he doesn't do the roll, it's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not the football coach. I'm not going to yell at you, but I do want you to kind of advance. So the trainer needs to be in tune with who's doing what or whatever. In fact, a person might walk up to him and say, look, I'm having a really bad day today. My mother's in the hospital. All right. So I'm not going to, you know, get on him too much, but you might see that person really catch up. So you got to kind of gauge the room, what's going on, who's there. And if I have a class of all new people, we're going to bring it down. I mean, if I have a class of all experienced people that are in there, we're going to bring it up. We're going to go faster. We're going to go harder. But, you know, the music's pumping. They, you know, the, the trainer's got the right energy and the attitude in the room and just brings it. And then we finish with abs and core. And let's face it, some people are great at it. Other people kind of like, you know, I, I'm like, oh, don't, you know, don't kill them on it, that kind of thing. Just make, you know, make the abs challenge the person who wants to be challenged can be challenged but if the guy's not doing it doesn't want to do it don't get out of space i'm not your football coach i'm not going to yell at you that's that kind of thing you know your workout you're an adult do it or don't or if you want to leave you, if you want to leave you can leave in the middle of it too i don't you don't hurt my feelings it's okay yeah yeah i've uh, i've had some of those similar conversations myself for sure so i can see there so we have a good idea of how how the business runs how class is running and everything right now um you know, COVID was, was a big hit for a lot of people. So we kind of, that one we know um, is a given for basically everyone who's done any type of fitness over the last couple of years. But over the, you know, the course of your business, have there been any other big challenges that you've had to overcome, uh, places where you've had to grow professionally, different, different areas or obstacles that, that you've had to get better at to, to get past a sticking point or a bottleneck in the business? I'm going to say certainly at the beginning and maybe even the first five years, there was a level of trainers just coming and going and leaving. And it just, I, I guess kind of what I learned is sort of like what I was saying. Yeah. You, you kind of have to get to know them, make sure that they're in here for the right reasons, as opposed to just making money or to pick up girls or, you know, whatever that, that, you know, that's not going to help your business at all. That, that, that kind of thing. So, um, and, and I've also found it, this is, this is kind of interesting, I, which was a shocker to me. The typical person who was a boxer, who was really good at boxing, you really have to work with them because they think they're teaching them boxing. They're gonna stand there and talk a lot. 
This class wants to move. They want to work out. They want to burn those calories. They want to see that bag bouncing, popping back and, you know, back and forth. They don't want to hear about the correct way to throw a punch. Plus, I tell the trainers, look, that's personal training. You should mention that to them as to say, hey, look, when class is over, go up to them and talk to them. Say, look, you know, if you really want to learn, learn that, you know, see Mark at the front desk. We'll, you know, we can sign up for personal training. Then you get into more detailed into that. Really spend a lot of time on how to throw that punch, the, the way you lead into that punch. I mean, we do it in class, but, you know, to really, really do it, it takes a lot more time to do that. And you can't do that in a class. It's moving too fast. And things. You can't spend that much one-on-one. -on -one. I would tell people, give them a quick point or two and then move on and tell them, I'll talk to you after class. And then, then you can work that into personal training. And, and I mentioned to you off air too, that we have a ring in there. So they can move around the ring as though they're in it. For those who want to look, I want to learn how to you know, be a boxer, but I don't want to get hit. Most people don't want to get hit. They, they don't mind learning how to do it like a boxer, but they don't really want to get hit. So, you know, you can do the work with that with the trainer because he's wearing the body gear and everything and, you know, the mitts in his hands. And you're about as close as you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as far as um, the, the overarching um, structure of the business, growth capacity things things that you have in place right now you get about 3200 square feet um hundreds of members you've got a, a a big facility you could in theory fit a lot of people at once um is there a lot of plans for future growth in your facility adding more clients or maybe outside that would you know additional facilities expanding things like that or is it for you at this point more just maximizing this space what are your your future plans for for this club or beyond? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it. Maximizing this space, but also maybe opening up another club. And what you've got to be smart about is don't get it too close because you don't want to steal from Peter to pay Paul. I mean, you're just, you, you know, but, but far enough away, close enough and far enough away that you're not losing people, but also you could say to your member, hey, if you find yourself over in, in this town, use this club for the same price. Then, then you become a bit advantage over your competitor who can't do that. You, you can choose between either club or mine if you want. So the, those are two, maximizing this and doing that. Because let's face it, there, there are always people leaving, coming, moving, you know, what, whatever, things happen in people's lives. So you've got to continually build the one you have. You can't sit there and say, we've got the right number of members, we're good. Gotcha, got it. It, as far as if you did open up another club, um, is that something you think, because um, you're a solo owner right now, correct? Correct, yeah. Is that something where you think you'd stay that way? Would you ever entertain a, a partnership or an investment? Or, or do you like being the man in charge? Well, I mean, they both have advantages and disadvantages. You know, it's a lot less money with a partner. Um, I, 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 early on, I had thought about that with the original one, and then the guy backed out. Um, there's a lot to be said. I don't know. I, I think probably not uh, more, th more than would because I don't know. I mean, I didn't mention this to you earlier, but I went to law school. So there's one thing I learned from that partnership too. You better know this person better than your own spouse because if they do something wrong, you get sued too. So you've got to be really careful that you know who this person is and you know, what they're doing, what they're about. because you, you, know, you want to pull that down. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Just I'd have to really think that through. But I actually, I kind of what I thought you were going to say is I got to, you know, it's like 15 to 20 miles is probably where I would put the next club, not any, no closer than that. I don't want to, you know. So close enough that it's not a long drive, but not so close right. that you can't cannibalize your own sales. Right. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Plus then think about it too. Then you, then you have the economies of scale. 
I can use the same resources. Oh, you can't train over here. What about training at this club? Oh, so-and-so is out this week. Can you go over to this club and, you know, r run that club, that kind of a thing. So you can, like I said, you know, economies of scale, you can use the same resources, you know, that you have. And, oh, the bag is down at this one. I got a brand new bag coming in. Let's take it off of that one and bring it over here. When, you know, if you're your own club, you, you're kind of stuck. Right, right. Yeah, you're just... uh there's, there's a little bit of things that, that open up when you have more than one option, but right. you know, it's still, there are pros and cons to everything. Sure. So um, as we start to wind down on time, I kind of have a, a philosophical question. I like to ask a lot of people who've spent some time in the business. Oh, um, okay. I never ask anybody to change anything that they've done uh, because we know that can have multiple effects, but if there was any one piece of advice or wisdom that you could go back and give to yourself anywhere along the way is there any any tidbit of knowledge or you know something you tap yourself on the shoulder and say hey mark it, you should know this that would serve you the best wow that's that's <laughs> you should have given me another hour to think about that one that's that's, <laughs> that's what what could i i would say um a couple of things but i'll just just kind of minor um Read whatever the contract, whether it's a contract with your landlord or the contract with the franchise, whatever you have, read the contract yourself because the lawyer's not looking at it from your perspective like you think. He's looking for legally, is this right? Is this wrong? And he doesn't know or she doesn't know your business. So make sure you read it and understand it because there are certain things that are kind of in there and you're kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that. And um, so when I... Fortunately, when the uh, when the franchise renewal came up, I fixed that. <laughs> but you know, the first time around, it even kind of curious. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Dominic. It it crossed my mind at the time because I read it, but I thought, well, that's his job, and don't you know? They always teach you in law school, don't be your own lawyer because then you have a fool for a client. So I was trying to stay away from it. But you know, if you can separate yourself from that and read it, and then maybe I should have just asked him, saying, I don't know if I want to do this, but but some of that too is because I hadn't run that business or a business yet. So you gotta. So make sure you're doing that. And I would say, certainly go around and, um, oh, here's another bit, bit of advice. We're in a strip mall and most of these businesses are in a strip mall. Does that make sense to you when I say strip mall? Some people don't know what that means. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, okay. yep. yeah we're a unit and there are like 12 others in there. Go talk to your uh, neighbors and ask them about the landlord. <laughs> Do you think the landlord's doing <laughs> yeah. their job? I, had, I hadn't thought of that. I would, have, I would have asked a few more questions about that. Um, and then lastly, I would say is, work with multiple um, real estate salespeople because that's a small world and word gets around that you're looking. <laughs> so the landlord might be like, whoa, he's looking over here too. Whoa, I got to make sure that I, you know, go. because I, I think I was at a disadvantage because I had made my mind up where I wanted to be. And that's, I, I think that that could have been an advantage for me if I just said, hey, I'm going to look over here. Because like I said, it's a small world and the other owners and you know the real estate agents talk to each other and say he's looking over here too he's looking over there so you know things things along that level and, and then last i would just say is just relax it'll all work out you know don't like i kind of panic too much this person said this it's like okay not everybody's gonna like you not everybody's gonna you know there are, there's some people that are just gonna be unhappy no matter what you do and you know i know that that, that famous saying you know people say that um you know um no good deed goes unpunished. I mean, you know, you do yourself a favor for this person and do a little more than, and then they come back and they say something terrible. You're like, oh, I did more for you than anybody. And you still, so you just kind of like, you know, just take, take it as it comes. Okay. 
Got I know, it. That All right. Answer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it, man. You dropped a, a few gems. I'm always happy to just get one. All right, we are just about officially out of time. But before I let you go, easy right. question to follow up the hard one. If people uh, want to find out more about your club, see what you're doing, do you have social media websites anywhere they can look at uh, your title boxing club? Sure, just go to uh, titleboxingclub.com and then you just put in your zip code. I mean, we're, we're in the Cincinnati area, but I'm sure your viewers are from around the world. I would just put in your zip code and it, and it pops up the two or three closest to you, that kind of thing. And of course, we'd love to have you at ours in Loveland, but <laughs> I get it. All right, since Cincinnati area, if you're down there, check out Mark's club, see it for yourself. Um, maybe you get lucky, run into the man and pick his brain. Mark, we gotta let you go for today. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to be on the show. I appreciate that. And uh, I wish you continued success, sir. Great. Thank you, Dominic. Appreciate the time. You're, you're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.